Again, good to see everyone here this morning on this time when we uh, take time to give thanks and think about what Thanksgiving means. We, we've been through a series of sermons uh, over the past uh, seven weeks or so talking about the heart of Jesus. We, we, that's what our goal is, is to have a heart like Jesus. And, and in some ways we were saying this is just a, a one-off sermon, a sermon that's just kind of a, a gap between another series, which we'll do next week. But when you begin to think about it, what is more like Jesus than having a thankful heart? And so we are kind of continuing what we've been talking about and having uh, this heart that is filled with, with thanksgiving. But we start next week an Advent series entitled Come Home for Christmas. And I just want to remind everyone that there's no better time to invite someone to church than at the Advent and Christmas season. Studies show that people are more open to an invitation to church at this time of year, at Christmas and Advent, than at any other time. So maybe over the next few days, you should be praying about who you need to invite either to come back or someone that doesn't belong to faith community, but someone out there is longing for you to invite them here. So think about that. They're open to your invitation and to hear a great choir. So awesome. Y'all, more of you up there too. So it's sounding even better. So thank you all. You're doing great work. Kathy, thank you for uh, filling in today as Dana's taking care uh, of her brother. So with all those preliminaries, let's turn now to the word of the Lord. First of all, found in Psalm 100. Many of you all probably memorize this Psalm growing up, if you, if you did uh, grow up in the church, and probably memorize it from the King James, but we'll, we'll read today from the New Revised Standard Version. The psalmist writes, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord of the gladness, come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God, it is he that has made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. And now hear from the good news according to Luke, the 17th chapter starting with verse 11. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus, was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he had, was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to them, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. 
This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Yeah, we have this story of 10 lepers who were at a distance yelling at, at Jesus. They, they were uh, kept separate from society. And to say that they were at a distance from Jesus is redundant because, you see, lepers were kept apart from all society. They were kept apart from their families. They were kept apart from the community. And they, so they were very lonely. And here's this group of them that were together as leopards, and they see Jesus, and they yell at him, Master, have mercy on us. Master, have mercy on us. And what they were doing was saying the prayer that is really in all of our lives, and all of our hearts. Lord, have mercy on us. We, we reiterate that deep down within our souls, don't we? Lord, have mercy. That's a basic instinct of, of who we are. It's, it's the oldest prayer in Christendom. Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy. And we can echo that prayer as we think about our own sinfulness, our own isolation, our own, our own waywardness. Lord, have mercy. Heal me of my soul sickness. Lord, have mercy. Take away my isolation. Lord, have mercy. Cure me of my loneliness. Lord, have mercy. Take away my blindness to the goodness that's around me. Lord, have mercy. And if we're honest, that's what we long for in our lives is God's mercy to be made known so we can be made whole in every way. You know, we can maybe relate to these lepers who, as I said, were isolated from everybody, kept apart from everybody. Here during this pandemic, some of y'all may have had to go in quarantine. Some of y'all may have had to spend a few days isolated from those whom you love. You may have been locked up in the upstairs bedroom while everyone else is downstairs because you were exposed to COVID. Or some of y'all might have been sick and had to be apart for quite a while. So you can understand the loneliness of these these lepers. And you may be one of the many, many people in a country who feel desolate and isolated and alone. And we see this in the headlines that just came out a couple days ago, where, did you see this? 100,000 people this past year, 100,000 people died of drug overdoses. Wow. And sales of alcohol are through the roof. People are trying to drown their loneliness, their alienation, their, their, their misery. We as a people are crying out, Lord, have mercy. And he does. He does. As we cry out to him. And we see these these. Ten lepers say, Lord, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. And, and he does by telling them, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, to us, that might sound kind of odd. That'd be like the doctor saying, you know, uh, you're healed of, of this illness. Now, go see your preacher. But what is going on is that in the Levitical law, that if you had leprosy and were, were thought you were healed of it, you had to go to the priest and the priest would examine you and proclaim that you're clean and you had to offer a sacrifice. And then you went uh, back to your community and was in semi-quarantine for a week. And after that week, you were able to go back to be with your family and know your friends. And you had to take a ritual bath. You cleaned yourself from 
top of your head to your toes, and you had to shave every hair on your body. And then you could rejoin the community. You were declared clean and whole. So what Jesus is saying is go show yourself to the priest. And as they make that trip to the temple, they realize that they're clean. And here's where the story gets interesting. It turns from a story of healing to a story of nine who go about their lives and one who discovers something even more in Jesus Christ, the story of his salvation. But we got to ask ourselves, you know, since we're talking about Thanksgiving, I wonder why these nine didn't go back to say thanks. You ever wonder that? I wonder why. I mean, we're just speculating here, but they had some reason. Maybe they were so busy and they, and they were so unobservant as they were traveling along there in that group that they didn't take time uh, to observe the blessing that they had. About 10, 20 years ago or so, the uh, movie uh, Evan Almighty, or Bruce Almighty came out. And in that movie, uh, Jim Carrey plays a fellow that gets the powers of God. And I'm not going to talk about the movie, but I'm going to talk about Carrey's comments about the movie. He said, what this movie's about is someone who didn't count his blessings. He didn't observe all the goodness that was around him. He, in his busyness, in his distractions, didn't see all the good things that are happening in his life. And that's the way it is for so many people, isn't it? We get so busy, we get so distracted that we miss out on life. It kind of reminds me of the third act from Thornton Wilder's great play, Our Town. You might remember that play. It's in that act that Emily, who has died during childbirth as a young woman, asked the stage manager, who some say is God, a portrayal of God, if she can go back to one day in her life. The stage manager discouraged her. He said, you'll be disappointed. But she insists, and she goes back to her 12th birthday, and she sees how people are so unobservant about what's going on around him. And well, see this video clip to see what she says about all that. Take me back, up the hill, to my grave. But first, wait. One more look. Goodbye. Goodbye, world. Goodbye, Grover's Corners. Mama and Papa. Goodbye to clocks ticking and my butternut tree. And Mama's sunflowers. And food. And coffee. And new ironed dresses. And hot baths. And sleeping. And waking up. Oh, Earth, you're too wonderful for anyone to realize you. Do any human beings ever realize life while they live it every 
every minute? No. Saints and poets, maybe, they do something. Did you catch the line? Do anybody realize life while they live it? It's a question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we too busy, too distracted to observe the blessing of life as we live it in this present moment? I'm afraid most of us don't. Most of us are too distracted like those lepers to take time to appreciate what we have right here in front of us. I know this. I'm, I get busy. I get distracted. I get my thoughts pulled away, you know, and I was just thinking about this sermon and thinking about the Thornton Wilder play last night uh, between the distraction of watching one ball game and watching a disaster happen at seven o'clock. Uh, a little bit later, uh, Auburn lost again, blew another lead again. But anyways, won't get into that, getting distracted. Yeah, I was supposed to get stuff for dinner and I got distracted. And so finally got the stuff and we were trying to get everything ready before, you know, we turned on the TV again. And I was doing the simple task of peeling potatoes. And I was thinking about this message and I was thinking about uh, the Thornton Wilder play. And I was saying, I have the blessing of peeling potatoes. Just a simple act. And there's so many in the world wish they could do that. It's part of our living, isn't it? Paul Tillich said this. Life is the theater of God's grace. Life is the theater of God's grace. And so everything that we do in life is a part of the grace of God that God gives to us to live out, to appreciate, to notice, and offer thanks. Maybe the psalmist who wrote, Lord, teach us the number of our days. So again, a heart of wisdom was also saying so that we could get a heart full of thanksgiving and to appreciation and to live life right now. Maybe one of the lessons we can learn from these nine lepers that just bounded off to the temple is the temple of appreciation of what we have right in front of us, right here, right now because we get so distracted don't we maybe those lepers they, they realized they were clean and they got so excited by that that well they forgot the one who made them clean I mean isn't that the way it is for us I mean so many times we we have all this good stuff and we pay so much attention to it or, or we go out into the beautiful countryside that we're so blessed to live in and we see the mountains and see the trees and and see the sunsets and the sunrises and we say wow cool neat don't I got a good place and we forget from whom all blessings flow for all of the creation, all this stuff is a sacrament to remind us of who God is and what God's done for it. Is the, the beauty around us and what we have is a conduit for us with which to offer praise and thanksgiving back to God. It's a reminder, you see. 
of our thankfulness, of, of, of things for which we should be thankful for, and, and a reminder of who God is in, in expressing our thankfulness unto God. You know, the, this pack of lepers were heading off together. I mean, they're all there together, all excited, showing off each other's near clear skin. And, you know, maybe because they were in the, the group, they're celebrating together that they didn't take time to go back to give thanks. And, you know, we'll gather with folks uh, over this holiday season, won't we? We have some company coming in. We've known a long time. We're looking forward to that. But so many in this country, and I know I'm guilty of it sometimes too. It's all about the feasting, all about the gathering together of the people. We may utter a quick prayer, say, thank you, Lord, for this turkey and this dressing and the gravy too. Don't want to forget the gravy. And we forget to give thanks for the people that are there, to take time to show our appreciation to them or to utter some, time, some, some thanksgiving uh, for the blessings that we get to enjoy all year round. That's what Thanksgiving should be for us. It's a reminder of what we should be each and every day. Thankful people. Thankful people. And so Thanksgiving should remind us of how we should practice our Thanksgiving in our daily lives. Giving words of thanks to the people that are all around us. And, and it makes a difference in our own hearts and it makes a difference in the lives to, to the people to whom we give thanks. Uh, I was in the hospital uh, not too long ago and I was there with a family and, and the nurse came in to give some help. And the nurse was there and the family said, thank you so much for taking time to do this. Thank you for being attentive uh, to our family member. And the nurse lit up. Because she said, you know, it's been a tough time and so many people are stressed out and, and, and they don't take time to give us the thanks. Or we don't hear that word often enough. And it made that family realize how important thankfulness was. And when we give thanks to the people who are around us, the people we encounter... We get to see them more than just as someone who's waiting our table or service at the, at the checkout line. We see them as children of God who God has brought into our lives to be a blessing to us at that very moment. So when you are in the restaurant and that waiter fills your glass with tea, be sure to thank him or her. Or at the checkout line, that person who is there taking your groceries, you know, thank that person. Because as we're doing these things to these people that serve us, we're seeing them as children of God. We're seeing their true identity and someone for whom God has brought into our life in that very moment. It's my hope that we are so thankful as people of Boone United Methodist that we, we are known as a church that is super thankful throughout the community. People will see us and they hear us saying thanks to this person and that person, to the waiters at the restaurant, to, to, to the checkout line people, to the folks that, that serve us, that they say, you must be someone from Boone Methodist. And they say, why is that? Because you thank us and thank us and thank us. You know, we are the church known for giving thanks because in our thankfulness to others, we see that person from who they truly are, a child of God. And that brings us to this leper that went back to say thanks. 
It's in his thanksgiving that he has revealed to him who Jesus truly is. It's through that thankfulness that he is able to see Jesus Christ for someone who's more than just a healer. But he went down, we see, and prostrated himself there before the Lord. Now, more than likely, he might have been traveling on his own. Because we see here that he was a Samaritan. And a Samaritan would go and worship at a different temple at Mount Gerizim. So maybe as he's traveling on his own, he realizes as he sees his skin becoming clear that he, in going back to give thanks, recognizes Jesus, falls at his feet. And hear the words that the Lord uses here because we read in the text that those other guys were all relieved of their sickness, but only one was made whole. As Bruce Larson says, there's more to being made healthy than just being free from illness. This man, through his thanksgiving, recognized Jesus. And Jesus said this, your faith has made you well. That term in the Greek also can be said, your, your faith has saved you. You see, y'all, through his thankfulness, he was ushered into the presence of God in Jesus Christ. We read in the psalm just a little bit ago, we come into his courts with what? Thanksgiving and praise. To appreciate who God is and to encounter God, we do so with humility and we do so with thankfulness. And as we do those things, God for us is revealed. God for us is revealed. Meister Eckhart said, if we only uttered one prayer, and that's the prayer of thanksgiving, it would be enough. John Calvin said that the primary attitude of a Christian is repentance, humility, and thankfulness. Y'all, thankfulness helps us see who God is. And if we are not thankful, if we have a, a heart that's filled with ingratitude, we've got to ask, what is it with our relationship with Jesus Christ and God? Maybe we should be praying uh, this prayer, Lord, have mercy, free me from my ingratitude. Release me from the quarantine of my isolation of unthankfulness and bitterness. Unblind me to your glory that's all around me. Let me, Lord, have a grateful heart. Um, let's take some practice. And so maybe each night before you go to sleep, you take your hands and, and think of 10 things for which to offer thanks to God. It could be something great that has occurred that day. It could be something as simple as that. Lord, I thank you that I was able to see that sunrise or sunset or that I was able to walk because we know that many people would love to be able to walk about freely. Be, might be thankful for having a warm bed in which to sleep, but giving thanks ushers us into the presence of God. For you see, when we go to sleep each night, we are practicing our death. Going to sleep each night is a practice for our leaving this earth. And so when we think about that, and we have this habit 
of being thankful as we practice our own death. One day as we do depart this earth with the words of thanksgiving on our lips and in our hearts, well, what's the Psalm say? Enter into his courts with thanksgiving. And that's exactly what we will do. Maybe said of you one day, as you enter into those heavenly, heavenly kingdom, going through those gates of pearl, you do so with thanksgiving in your heart for the blessing of this life that God has given to you, for the, the, the wonderful news that Jesus Christ has died to save you. May you hear the words that that thankful leper heard on that day from our Lord. Enter into the joy of your master. Your thankful faith made you whole. As we experience thanksgiving, we experience joy, which changes our lives and gets down to the deepest parts of our soul. Be thankful for all that God has done for you. And you will experience the grace of Jesus Christ like you've never experienced before. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.